Roundhouse, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and video games, because whatever we want to talk about is on the house. I'm Dave, and this is my co-host, Clancy. Hello. Okay, normally we're, we try to be positive on the show, but we're going to make an exception here, because one of us saw something that just kind of hurt the soul. Pissed me off. And like we did last year with the Spiral podcast, this will be an interview-style show, except this time I'm the interviewer and Clancy's the interviewee. Uh, so we're talking about the 2022 requel of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This time, dropping the the. Yes, it's actually, unlike... We're going to end up doing the same thing we did with the Batman one, where we're going to say the and then have to correct it a whole bunch, aren't we? <laughs> but, okay. I'll start with the non-spoiler questions I might have first, and then we'll go into the juicy details. So how did you feel going into this movie? You know, if there was ever a series where it should have been a single movie and not a franchise I feel like it's the Texas Chainsaw films you know two I know people have different feelings on it it's you know it's fine for what it is but it's like totally completely different from the original but after two every single film is at best so bad it's good and at worst, it's other garbage. I mean, the remake, the first one was, you know what? It had some good elements in it. I won't pretend it didn't. But anytime they try to do a sequel or spinoff or something, it's They've never... Done like two... Huh? They've done two separate prequels now. Yes, and... This is very evident that nobody knows what to do with this series. The closest thing I would say we ever got to, like, an amazing sequel outside of two is House of a Thousand Corpses was very much done in this style. Where if that had been, like, a sequel, I think people would have been like, okay. This totally works, but you know, I think if they were gonna make it if they were gonna make this a franchise, they should have just had every sequel be a different state chainsaw massacre. Ah, the Florida chainsaw massacre. That just makes way too much sense. I mean, that's probably happened in real life, let's be honest. Let's be honest, you're probably right. But so I don't even know where to begin with this film. First off, well, not, well, I kind of am glad that not every movie needs to be a two hour, three hour movie. This film is not even 80 minutes with credits. Yikes. That is, for people who are familiar with filmmaking, that is like the key sign of. Let's 
this we know this is garbage let's cut as little as possible so we can make some more money off viewings with it i remember yeah. feeling concerned back when final destination 4 was only 81 minutes and that was the worst of the app series it is exact yeah this is <sighs> so this is what happens when somebody is assigned a film this isn't somebody like in the idea of requels with five cream and halloween you could tell people loved those films and wanted to come and like really make something new and interesting with them this film saw how much money halloween made and we're like yeah we can rip that off do they understand what makes the first Texas Chainsaw work? Hell no. I'll be honest. Even besides Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess this sub-subgenre of hillbilly horror was one I never got into. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of this, but these films... The first one is... Uh, one of my favorite horror films, just straight up. It's like, I'd call it a masterpiece of horror filmmaking. Like, it has this almost documentary feel to it. And since it's inventing the slasher genre almost, it doesn't fall into so many of the tropes. Mm -hmm. This film is every single trope, but done the worst way possible. I, I mean, was it as bad as you were expecting or even worse? You know, there's an element in this film that makes it even worse. Oh, uh, I think I'm going with that. Yeah, it's, you know what, I'm just gonna, by the time this gets posted, people are either going to see it or not going to see it. So I say we just get into spoilers here. Uh-huh. So one of the survive one of the characters in this is a school shooting survivor. Uh, I heard about that. And they draw parallels to a real life tragedy. They don't they don't make it an actual real life school shooting. It's clearly a stand-in for one, but they draw parallels between that and the scene where Leatherface is going nuts, carving people up. So if you're thinking, well, it's going to be dumb, it's going to be stupid, but I can turn my brain off and enjoy the kills. No, you can't because they are constantly reminding you of real life evil out there. You know, I've realized in hindsight Every single slasher movie, and I think literally every single one I've seen in the past, has been tasteful enough to not bring that subject matter into their storylines. It's, it's... And you know what? Let's say they weren't just trying to do a tasteless, turn-your-brain-off slasher movie. 
there's not a single character in here that isn't a cartoon. Like, nobody here feels real. That's the thing about the original Texas Chainsaw having, like, an almost documentary feeling to it. It's like, everybody feels real. Like, you legitimately get annoyed at characters like you would with real people. Here you get annoyed with characters because you're not sure if you're supposed to hate them or not. Well, I know the thing in the trailer that really annoyed everybody was that you're, you're canceled, bro. Yeah, and like that's the thing. It's like you put that scene in it and it's like, okay, first off, that happens. The man is covered in blood and holds a chainsaw. If that's your response, you know what? You might have deserved what happened to you for being such an idiot. But it's like you can't put that in and shoot this in a very obvious, oh, look at this, this cool killing spree moment. And, like, you know how there's that theory about how the machete or whatnot represents the killer's penis and whatnot, that film theory that once upon a time might have been interesting but people have ran it into the ground yep they legit do that they literally have jigsaw cut through a man's torso so that his saw blades looks like a penis and then he rams it into a woman you mean leatherface sorry leatherface it's uh, you can see what this film's doing to me right now don't bring my man jigsaw into this no. Although, I might as well call him whatever I want, because this is not Leatherface. This is... So, Dave, you're not a huge fan of this series, but, like, what would you say makes the Texas Chainsaw films kind of their unique flair? What is it about them? Uh the settings and the fact that killer is consistently using a chainsaw and the fact it's not just Leatherface, it's this whole family. Bingo. Right there. <laughs> it's a family. It's the Sawyer family. This is just Leatherface. And he's acting like a Michael Myers silent brooding character. Like, something people, everyone gets wrong about the original Texas Chainsaw is Leatherface? When you really stop and thinking about it, he doesn't attack anyone until they invade his home. Mm -hmm. And when he attacks someone, like, you see him, he is scared, he is nervous. He is, he doesn't, he's like, has a mini freak out. Like, you kind of feel bad for him in the first one. But anyways, let's, in this, it's like, I'll have to get into the plot a little bit. So you see, like, these influencers in the most vague, like, they say, like, they're cooking influencers or something. They're going to this abandoned town in Texas that they apparently bought the entire ghost town. And they're, like, going to set it up as, like, some idealistic community. And they're auctioning it off to people, which, first off, 
okay, one, that would never work in a million years because they established they're like seven hours away from any major city. People aren't going to drive that far. I'm I'm sorry to bust your bubbles. Like, somebody makes a joke about it being like a cult, and it's like, yeah, that, that kind of adds up. But they get there, and... And they're like shocked that there's this woman who's still living there who claims that, no, no, this is my house. I have the deed and everything. And they're like, yeah, no, get out of here. And she dies in the hospital and her son is like looking at her and it's so clearly Leatherface. And she dies on the way to the hospital, which explain to me, why does a ghost town have an active police force? I guess I can't explain that. It doesn't make sense. And then he just goes nuts and starts killing people. And that's the movie. <laughs> but I hear, like, even though i not really that familiar with the original, from what I gather, they do Sally Dirty. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's such an afterthought. So they establish, they have this scene initially in like a gas station where they're like showing on TV like a true crimes, whatever happened to this unsolved mystery. And a gas station clerk, which I assumed watching it at first that, okay, he's going to be part of the Sawyer family, assuming they would actually have the Sawyer family, because why would you do a Texas Chainsaw film without the Sawyer family? But anyways, he's, he's like, yeah, she uh, became a state trooper and spent like 35 years or however long trying to hunt down the guy who did it. Oh, uh, did they catch him? He was wearing a mask. How do you catch someone? Which instantly, that just makes me think, man... I would much rather see that movie. A woman who's traumatized, like, goes into law enforcement to try to find her killer to get justice for her friend. That would be, like, that's a much better movie right there immediately. So anyway, she gets the phone call that, hey, they've spotted Leatherface, and conveniently, she's nearby. And she comes in, sees Leatherface, and freezes. And I hear she probably doesn't even have ten minutes of screen time. If that. She sees Leatherface, and she's like, recognize me. Kind of doing what would have been a cool idea of Leatherface has no idea who she is. Oh, wait, they already did that in Halloween. And she freezes, Leatherface just walks off, which makes no sense other than it needed to happen for plot reasons, because throughout the movie, everyone is. If you see Leatherface, he's trying to kill you, but for this one scene, he's like, oh, I'm just going to let this woman holding a shotgun in my face stand there. 
And then, like, he walks outside, and immediately, like, she comes around the corner and starts shooting at him. So that whole frozen and tear thing was, like, pointless. And then he just kills her, more or less. But it's like, none of the death scenes happen when you think they're going to happen. They always do that staggering off and then dying five minutes later thing. And I know the actress who played Sally in the original passed away, and they probably shouldn't even have tried to bring her character back. No, it's this is very much Halloween did it and made money. Uh-huh. That's plain and simple. This is what this is. But it's like then the other characters in this are. So there's two sisters. One's the school shooting survivor, and the other one is the like the one of the two influencers. And it's like one of the influencers. So they show up at this town. They're going to auction off like five minutes before mm-hmm. the people who show up that they're going to auction it off to. Mm-hmm. And it's they show up and like gasp. There's a person here. What are what's going on? And she has a Confederate flag, and it's like, okay, you're in the middle of Backwoods, Texas, and you are shocked by this? Mm-hmm. You are shocked that you, you didn't show up earlier than five minutes before you were selling this off? So they're like, get rid of her, get rid of her, get her out of here, blah, blah, blah. Only turns out that was her house. So why the cop? Ops were like all gung ho for it. I do not know. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like they have the old woman say some things to like tick off what to piss off. They have the old woman say some racist things, things ah. towards the black influencer. Or, and it's like it's like the film wants you to be on his side, but. Then they do this whole thing where, no, it was really her home and everything. So it's like, are we supposed to like anyone in this film? Anyone? Because I don't think so. I mean, was any of the gore good at the bare minimum? No. 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 It's like, it is the most fake CGI like I will send you the link to this afterwards but there is a scene where a character's head gets cut off and it is the most painfully fake thing I have seen in a movie in a long time I'm curious now yeah it is I'll send it to you after we're done recording this but like There's nothing creative about this. There is. It is the definition of a paycheck movie. And then. So they get Leatherface. They shoot him down. It's the two sisters left. And they got one of those self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. So they're starting to pull away. 
And Leatherface, of course, does the typical slasher villain thing of pulling in the older sister out of the car or and does the really bad head cut off scene that I was telling you about. Oh, I've, I've seen that clip. Yes, while the other their sister is standing up through the sunroof in like an attempt to do like the crazy screaming from the original film. Mm-hmm. But it's so bad. First off, the car is moving at like two miles an hour at this point. Mm-hmm. It is. <sighs> this film is so bad. So bad. I think we broke Clancy. And here's the thing. We had to record this film as quickly as record for this podcast as quickly as we did, because already my brain is like emptying in any information from this. Like, what are the characters names? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where does this town take place? Uh, Texas, in the most obvious set ever. Like, what were some scenes that stood out? Scenes stood out? Like, this, is, this isn't enjoyably bad, even. Like, say what you will about Texas Chainsaw, the next generation with Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. Like... There's enjoyably bad moments in some of the sequels, but this is. So would this have been better if they had Matthew McConaughey? Yes, because Matthew McConaughey chewing scenery would have made it more entertaining. (laughs) And it's like. One thing I'll say is no, none of the acting is great, but none of it is painfully bad. Well, I just said back during our Scream 5 podcast that Texas Chainsaw was the franchise that never could decide just what it wanted to be. Yeah, it's... I think even a, a lot of the series I consider bad determined what they are. Yeah, it's like this is a series that is only a series because of it became a huge it started the slasher craze. It's one of the films along with Black Christmas that started the craze, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, as a result, it knows it'll get people to check it out. I mean, I checked this out. But that being said, nobody cares about this film. Nobody, like, this is going to come out later. Mm -hmm. or just in our schedule. Because I don't think it's, like, I'm not worried about missing the wave of popularity. Because already, any conversation about this film has died down immediately. And I guess there's a case that can be made that forgettably bad is worse than aggressively bad. Yeah, this is... 
Like, the only thing I'm going to remember about this film is just how in poor taste the school shooting subplot is. Yeah. I I decide to do that. Whoever thought that was a good idea, screw you. Like, I legit cannot think of another slasher movie that tried that. Friend for good reason. Yeah. But like, there's plenty to be mad out about with this film. But as soon as we're done recording this, like, I probably will never think of it again. Like, it says something that it's a popular er, slasher franchise, mm-hmm. and not even two weeks after it's re- been released, it's already not in Netflix top ten for popular films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, just side, going straight to Netflix, that was pretty much should have told us everything. Yes, it's not... If it's a Netflix originally produced series, hey, that could be a sign of quality. But when it's Netflix acquired it, (laughs) that just means Netflix needs to keep pumping in new stuff. And let's be honest, when they're acquiring stuff, they don't really care about the quality of some of this stuff. Uh Just thinking about that. SNL sketch about Netflix just gaining billions of new programming every day. Also, I just want to point out, so, like, we never, clearly we don't have an age for Leatherface. Mm -hmm. But I think the first film took place in 73, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was 73, so... Roughly 50 years ago. Uh-huh. So let's say, let's be generous and say that he was 17. So that would put him at like roughly 66. The guy who played him in this is clearly not 66. I mean, when you go by the Halloween timeline in Halloween 2018 and kills, Michael would be 61. But I can still buy a guy in his early 60s being physically fit. I mean, they don't have Michael as a hulking figure like they did in 4 and 5. But even that is already kind of pushing it when he's in his early 60s. But Yeah, and plus with Michael, there's always supposed to be that feeling of him being almost un otherworldly you know uh-huh. like he's the shape he's the boogeyman leatherface is a guy uh-huh. oh and that's another thing you know how in every single other film like the leatherface part of him is like something that clearly he handmade and put a lot of care onto it yeah well this he just carves off the face of somebody slaps it on him Man, they they did not try. They did not. It's like, you can see the scenes that were shot solely just because it would look cool in the trailer. And that's as much effort as they put into it. 
he was just such a stark contrast just a month ago when we both liked Scream 5 and how better in every conceivable way that was. Yep. Again, people who care about the series versus people who don't care. Like, I mean, in hindsight, I was way too hard on Halloween Kills. Like, this is... Oh, I did not think I'd be ranting about this for so long. You know, we've never really done a primarily negative episode. We we needed to get this out of our system eventually. <laughs> so yeah, that's Texas Chainsaw 2022. Don't watch it. <laughs> and that's just it. Don't watch it. Like and the podcast. Don't watch it. It's not entertaining in that so bad. It's good. It's not more. I did the viewing for the more really curious. So just, just don't bother with this one. They have to wonder in a few years what they'll do next. In space. I don't know, maybe they go to space on Jeff Bezos' rocket, I don't know. They, it's a crossover between the Amityville Horrors and Texas Chainsaw. As long as you bring the lamp. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Ugh. So I'm glad I was able to do this interview with you. Uh, just as yes, a, thank you for uh, you go on. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go on. Oh, I was just saying thank you for putting up with me ranting for a little bit. <laughs> glad I could help. I'm always here to listen to you. Well, I appreciate it. Well, folks, well uh, we just did. They, they, they've been posted already, but be sure to check out our ones on The Batman so you can hear us talking about a film we actually liked or like any of our other podcasts. So, uh, thanks for coming to our second interview style on the house. We hope to do more in the future for better movies, of course. Definitely. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go make myself a drink. Take care. <laughs>